Thanks for checking out our Glory Day podcast channel. We're so excited that you decided to join us as we talk about phases of life for our elementary, middle, and high school students. Ultimately, we hope this time challenges and encourages you as you continue to grow as a family at home, in your community, and with us at church. Stay tuned after the show for ways that you can continue to stay connected with us at Gloria Day. Welcome, everybody. As we continue our podcast, we are going through phases of life for our students. And the goal of this, as we go through, we talk about changes um, that we hear stories and maybe even learn some tips and tricks from parents who have just gone through that phase. Our goal is that as we look at how much time we have, we appreciate the time that we have left with our kids before they end up going to college. So we are looking at 10th grade, um, which means you have about 156 weeks before your kid goes to college. And it's a phase when everyone else can, no one else has to, and your resolute teenager will push you to answer why not. So like every other week, we have a friend um, who is going to be our resident expert to talk about 10th grade. Hi. Hi, I'm Cindy. I like to say I've been through 10th grade three times, okay. once myself a hot minute ago, and then two times with our children. So I do have um, a little bit of experience with this this year. Yes. Love it. And you have one that just finished 10th grade, and then one that's heading into... Her what? sophomore year in college. Okay. So a little bit of room between them, but yes. still both pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Okay. and. Anybody who has two kids will tell you that the firstborn didn't prepare you for the secondborn at all and vice versa. But there have been some lessons learned along the way yeah. that make it a little bit easier to know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. In 10th grade, we talk a lot about, uh, we see sweet 16 means sweet freedom. So 10th grade is a fun year that you really get into driver's license and freedom and things like that. But before we get into all that, we're going to talk through... Um, some changes physically, and we go through mentally, socially, um, and going through some of these changes. The biggest one that I saw and didn't quite think through, but makes sense. Physically, we talk about kids have difficulty falling asleep before 11 o'clock. And on the flip side of that, we know that they need lots of sleep as they're growing, mm -hmm. but we're still in this kind of dichotomy of um, we need sleep, we don't have sleep. But then here it's saying kind of biologically speaking right. that 10th graders have a hard time going to sleep before 11. They do. They, they're wired to be night owls at this stage and they definitely need the sleep. And what's cool about a 10th grader is if they're not getting it at night, they can get it after school and have no problem falling asleep <laughs> at night, unlike adults. Wherever you can plug in that missing sleep seems to not be a problem. Yeah. But sometimes even going to bed early, you said, doesn't always work and trying to get no. to bed before. They'll just be staring at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. It's really impossible for them to fall asleep unless they're physically exhausted. And then, as we know, school starts so early. Yeah. So... Um, that's problematic for a lot of them to yeah. get the, the hours that they need. A lot of them are catching up on the weekends or falling asleep when they get home from their sports practice or band practice, what have you, waking up for dinner, doing homework. It's it's a crazy schedule. Goodness. When I love the reminder, though, that it's, it is a biological thing because I think right. high school kids especially can get a bad rap for <laughs> wasting their time. You yeah. know, well, you just sat up playing video games or binge watching <laughs> Netflix or you were on your phone until all hours of the night. And the tendency is to 
blame them for that the next day when they're tired. Well, mm-hmm. it's your fault, but it's really that they just can't, can't fall, fall asleep, asleep, right? It's it's not that they were wasting time. It's just they weren't tired, yeah. right. right? And that's a good reminder um, for all of us. Uh, but in addition to the physical changes, we get into a lot of mental ones as mm-hmm. well. Um, they start to become more self-aware. I think that's a, a change we see kind of gradually mm-hmm. through middle school and into high school, um, increasingly able to focus more, recall more information. Uh, but I love this one. It says, keenly aware of global issues and maybe critical of the adult world. And I know there's some tension that pops up in this high school time, especially in maybe sophomore, junior year between parents and kids as that critical nature comes out. But I think we also get to see uh, kids take up a maybe a passion project mm-hmm. or something that they're they're excited to see changed in the world, which is a cool moment. Well, and another one along that is that they're also curious um, and drawn toward the supernatural, as we talk about mentally, that they start to see something bigger than themselves. So when they're looking at global issues, but then you add in kind of this religious aspect to it, you get into this. I have a voice, what do I do about it? And I think we see mission trips become a really big thing at this point Mm -hmm. because they're working on something bigger than themselves, but you're incorporating your relationship with Christ and and something happens of what do I do with this voice? And they really are critical of the adult world to see what happens with Mm -hmm. it. Right. And actually for both of my kiddos, when they were about this age is when they started getting more interested in mission trips and... By this point, our daughter had been on a couple, but then it became a commitment. It was her, we had always had a big spring break trip planned, and it was probably this year that she came to me and said, you guys, are you okay if you go without me because I want to go on the international mission trip? And I was, sure. It was just a shift, and that was that becoming more independent and, and what was a priority for her. And then our son this summer was his first mission trip. And so I do think it's it's a critical year for becoming more self-aware and also understanding the world around them and kind of where they fit into the world. Mm. Wow. I love that. Yeah. What's well, a cool moment to see that mm-hmm. it pop is. up in them, right? It is. And and back to what you were saying before about global issues, it it's a pivotal year for them to understand who they are and what their feelings are we the the conversations that we have around the dinner table right now our daughter's home from college are very robust let's just say not everybody's in agreement um but they're respectful and the Mm -hmm. things that we talk about are are super interesting and what a cool time to have those conversations to practice disagreeing but in a respectful way right because I think we've seen there's a lot of adults that can't manage to do that <laughs> lately. Yeah. Um, but the opportunities you have to do that as they develop those interests and those passions and right. the things they want to see changed, those are cool moments. Well, awesome. as, yeah, as parents to allow that freedom to happen, for them to still have their voice, to have the conversation to disagree. But we as parents, they're too old that we don't shut that down, right? You're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the way. This is what we believe. Yeah. This is why. Like, yeah. there's, there's room to grow there. And I think that's hard sometimes as parents but allowing that space to really see what direction are they going and why really break that down. Yeah. So fun. Well, then we get into some social changes and uh, a lot of dating and relationship pieces begin to pop up. Um, Obviously that's different depending on your kid and Mm -hmm. their particular interests. But I think especially 
the social scene is where we see um, an increase in freedom start to pop up more, that they want to be able to go and hang out with the people they want to hang out with, they want to see the people they want to see, um, and do that in whatever way they want. But we were talking just a few minutes ago about maybe this shift from needing to go places to do that to, oh, well, you know, I just talked to them on FaceTime right, right. or on Xbox or whatever. And I know it's probably been different with each of your kids. It has for sure. And this is kind of the double-edged sword of remembering very vividly what my own 10th grade year was like. I couldn't wait to get my license and drive and go places with my friends. And it's been very different with my daughter. She loves to drive, but when she was, I remember at the end of her 10th grade year, she would just say, I don't have any plans, but I'm going to go drive. And she'd just play music and drive around where my son is a point A to point B guy. And he only drives when it's absolutely necessary and when he's going to Sunday night church or when he's going to play ultimate frisbee with friends at school or going to band practice. So it's very different. Um, independence looks different for other people. And then the social side of that, what Ross was speaking to is so true. I'll ask my son, Hey, do you want to do something with your friends? He's like, I know I just, you know, played games with them for three hours. I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just got my time in. Right. <laughs> got my time in. I checked that box. Now I want to watch a movie with you. So it's different, I think, than probably what each of us grew up with, um, especially as we were getting that freedom to be able to drive around. Right. And I, it's all about connections. If they feel connected and they feel like their tank is filled up, then who am I to say it's wrong? It's just different. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that leads into emotionally some of the changes we see. Um, we know that they respond well to specific praise, but I really like this one. May enjoy sharing ideas with adults who will listen. Mm -hmm. um, which is something so big that Ross does a really great job with our student ministry of having good ratios for our kids and our students, but really having adults who will listen. So um, that they want to hang out with they you do. or they mm -hmm. want to do things. And if yeah. we're willing to stop and to sit and to listen, there's a lot we can hear at this age with their freedom, with them growing, with their voice. They want to share it. They do. And I, along the emotional lines also, I think choice is very important in our family. We try to... Like last night we were discussing what is Labor Day going to look like. We'll have one child that's already back in college and it happens to be a weekend where they have an extra day off, but our son has a band performance at a football game that Friday night and typically we would do like a weekend trip. Mm. And so we didn't realize the football game. So at dinner, we're like, okay, let's vote <laughs> on this. We're either going to leave Saturday and have a shortened weekend to go to the river or We'll just have our daughter come home. Mm -hmm. What does everybody want? What works mm -hmm. for y'all? And so it's nice that we have that flexibility and we can make kind of big decisions like that as mm -hmm. a family where it's not mom and dad saying this is what is going to happen. <laughs> well, that's great. That's one of the other things they talk about specifically is that this age is specifically feel empowered through choices rather than rules, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. guys could very easily say, we miss you. We want you. This is family time. Here is the rules. Yeah. We're going to protect it at all costs. And instead, right. you still value family time. You just value their voice even more. Right. And there's a compromise. Right. And our daughter knows if she has, if something changes and her workload is crazy at school and she'd rather stay there, that is definitely an option. She is never, you know, made to feel like she needs to come yeah. home. Mm -hmm. The priority is, is for her schedule and what works for her. We never want to add stress. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious because you've said it a couple of times that you've had different conversations over the dinner table, either about, you know, the, the choices, the freedoms that they have or the issues that they're struggling with. 
But I know we talk to a lot of other parents who say finding time to actually be around the dinner table between work schedule, school schedule, sports, band is almost impossible sometimes. Yeah. So I'm curious, is that something that's happening because of summer or is that something that you guys have found a way to make that more of a reality throughout the school year? You know, COVID helped actually. Um, I think it definitely helped us. What was interesting is that um, this summer we've made it a priority. And even if I've got a standing workout date on Monday, Wednesday at six, everybody knows dinner's going to be later that night. Mm -hmm. Or if the band schedule, actually this week it got changed, it's four to eight. So that means we're going to eat earlier, but I'm going to sit with my son while he, well, I, we mm -hmm. warm up his food. We're not going to eat at 830, <laughs> but yeah. we'll save you a plate. Yeah. Um, but it has been something that we've been pretty consistent about and, and our kids kind of respect it, which is great. So I think that they enjoy it too. If our daughter's working, she'll say, Hey, I get off at, you know, she'll text. I, I'm, wor I'm working later. I thought I was going to be home at four. I'm going to work till 6.15. Is that okay with you? Mm -hmm. You know, so everybody kind of knows based on the day of the week what time we're going to be gathering together. And if um, hubby's late coming home, I'm texting him, you know, hope you're not too far out. Everybody's hungry and we're all three here. Um, so it, it's been something that we've made a priority and it's been fabulous. It's awesome. But it's yeah. always been a priority. It's always been a yeah. priority. Mm -hmm. And and it didn't I mean there you know, we had a daughter that was in cross country and we have a son that's been in band. So we've had to be a bit flexible. It doesn't happen every single day. It happens mm -hmm. more than it doesn't happen. Without so a doubt. In a week you guys gather for dinner together more than not. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of families that Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just a schedule thing, right? Sometimes it's a schedule thing. One thing that's helped me this year is like a meal delivery service where we still prep the food mm -hmm. because with me working full time, I can't always figure out how are we going, what are we having for dinner? I don't know, you know, but <laughs> yeah. I do have, I, both of my kids are great about, hey, do I need to run to the store? You know, and so I can give them items that they can buy for, okay, look, it's going to be spaghetti night. It's not hard. Can you get me marinara sauce and, and Italian turkey, you know? Yeah. So, um, but we have a, two times a week, we have a meal delivery service. Um, HelloFresh is what we use. And this is not a paid sponsorship, by oh, the way. Oh, man. I get used some to love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love HelloFresh, too. <laughs> and um, the other benefit to it is that one of our kids is kind of picky. And it has allowed exposure to things yes. that, um, and I can prepare it sauce on the side, but try the sauce, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it exposes you to um, different flavors and what have you. And actually, I do think this past year has um, exposed to some food that has been adopted yeah. just because of that. So, yeah, I don't even think of it as being out of the ordinary because it's something that we've You've always, always done. done. Yeah. 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 That's huge. Well, we've talked about some things that every kid needs mm -hmm. um, throughout life, and um, we've hit on work in every phase, mm -hmm. knowing that work over time helps give kids um, a sense of significance. Mm -hmm. So um, how have you seen work come into play? And, you know, we're talking not just, hey, they got a job so they can make money, but this can be chores, it's hobbies. I know you've mentioned cross-country and band, mm -hmm. um, but how have you seen work impact your kids' lives? Uh, so for our oldest, she was babysitting and doing after-school nannying um, probably from sophomore year on. And it um, 
was something that I could see. It definitely increased her own. Um, it was teaching the value of money, certainly, mm-hmm. because you see how much time commitment goes into <laughs> earning a buck. Um, but it also, you know, she always had great stories about the funniest thing that so-and-so said today. And, oh, I felt so good when this happened. And um, I've seen that this summer. She's also worked at a retailer and um, she always has the funniest stories. And um, she'll say, I worked a six-hour shift today. I don't know how you work a full day. (laughs) You know, so it's been great as far as that goes. Um, And then for our son, it's it's been a... my husband and I, we do believe in the value of work and we feel like it's very, very important, but we also don't want to force someone who's not ready. And so we've had to have that conversation of these are some options as a 16 year old, you know, we're friends working at Baskin Robbins or how do you feel about a grocery store and kind of throw some of those out there. Um, and for our son, it was more about so much of my summer is taken up with band. I would rather just, you know, stick to my chores here. I'll do power washing and extra jobs for you guys. You know, I will manage the pool. I'll make sure that algae doesn't grow. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to do the chemicals. I'll scoop the leaves and empty the strainers and and just do extra jobs um, around the house type stuff. And that has, that has worked out well for us. He um, earns extra money that way. And then he's really good at budgeting his money, too. So I think that he he understands the value of a dollar. Yeah. And it hurts when he has to pay for his own video game. I can assure you that. <laughs> Especially well, cost now for video games. Right. Yes. Or as you start to drive, right, if you want to go places, all of a sudden you start to realize yeah. how much stuff actually does cost. Right. Right. You're trying to do more, um, but you also have to pay for some of it yes. along the way. Yes. Yes. Well, we also talk about uh, fun and ways to have fun. And I love looking at it because every family does it differently as well as when you get older, fun looks different. So every kid needs fun to give them a sense of connection. What are things you guys do together to have fun? So um, we love watching TV together. And it's really interesting because a lot of times having a daughter and a son it's hard to find a show that everybody likes yeah (laughs) so when we do um whether it's mandalorian or something like that it's um oh let's all watch it together you know so it becomes that that fun and excitement and then um i watch tv separately with both of them Okay. You know, my daughter and I have our shows that we like that the boys are not interested in at all. And uh, my son and I have shows that are his choice, not mm. necessarily my first choice, but I'm spending time with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've grown to love them, too. Um, so we we have certain shows that we watch together. We um, Things with my son tend to be a little bit more physical. You know, we'll play spike ball or we'll go throw the ball around. And he does a ton of that with his dad, too. Mm-hmm. His dad's always throwing the ball around with him. And um, if we're in the pool, we're doing, like, how far can you jump out and catch the ball and, you know, the Frisbee Olympics and all the goofy stuff that you do. <laughs> so, um, and then with my daughter, we do a little bit more shopping, you know. So she and yeah. I might be checking out um, a restaurant. You know, we, we all have, we have, like, one favorite. We all love Papacitos, so we try to do that every few weeks. <laughs> and so we have, like, our, our certain favorite restaurants that we like, Um there are certain people in our family that are not big on games. And so it's usually three out of four in our family are playing games. But if we're in a bigger group <laughs> with my extended family, we're always doing telestrations or card yes. games and just laughing till you cry. 
I yeah. love it. Yeah. What's great about that too is no matter what it is, it's just the value of being together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so I think some encouragement for parents out there going through this phase is just find find what works. Right. right. Because it's not gonna be the same thing, you know. I think the list that we have um, in this phase guide is actually one of the longest ones we've seen. Because yeah. you need so many different options because you not do. everything's gonna work. Right. And every kiddo is so different. Yeah. You have to really follow their cues. You can't have an agenda and say, this is what we're going to do. It has to be, hey, what's your favorite cookie? Do you want me to teach you how to make it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it, it really, um, you can't have an agenda. You have to be open-minded and follow their cues. They are young adults. They have their own opinions and feelings. And along those same lines, just how you approach them. What works for a conversation with my daughter does not work with my son. I've had to relearn how to approach him. And I'm like, okay, let me just tap the brakes. Recently he got really quiet about something and I let it go like a day and I wasn't sure what was bothering him, but I'm like, I'm not going to jump in too soon. Cause I know if I do, he's (laughs) going to shut down on me. And so I just said, Hey, you seem kind of withdrawn. Is anything going on? He's like, wow, I just got my schedule. It looks really intense. And um, I didn't remind him that I let him choose his schedule. (laughs) I just sat back and said, okay, well, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. And then reminded him of his past successes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you know any of the teachers? Have you had any feedback on the teachers? And um, anyway, I could have gone in 10 different directions Mm -hmm. on what was bothering him Mm -hmm. and I would have been wrong 10 times. Yeah. And also just having the experience with him to know it's better to just wait and then Mm -hmm. he'll talk when he's ready. Yeah. I love the don't remind them. They picked this. (laughs) Like You made your bed. But like, we don't want somebody to tell us that too when we're stressed, but here's past things. Here's your success. Here's what you've done. But I also really like that you said, um, we watch a show that's not my favorite <laughs> and owning like I may not enjoy this or I didn't at first. Right. But it's time with him and I've come to love it because I love that time it, and I've come right, to really right. appreciate it. So you've gotten connections with your kids through multiple ways. Um, yeah. But we don't you're not going in with the goal of I'm watching this show with my child because I love this. Right. I'm watching it because I love them. Yes. And then. I in turn start to love it's it. It's so true. He's very much a, um, into cars and that sort of thing. And so, uh, you know, if I'm in traffic, I'll snap a picture and send it to him <laughs> or we'll watch a show that's related to cars. So, yes, not not at the top of mom's list, but <laughs> yeah. it's time with him yeah. and he loves it. And then as we get into kids needing love over time, right, I think one of the big questions in this phase is like, why, why should I believe you, right? Mm-hmm. Or... or why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Because no one else has to or everyone else gets to. Mm-hmm. But even just snapping a picture in traffic and saying, hey, I saw this cool car. What do you think? I think one of the best ways that you can love your 10th grader is to help them find their voice and their passion. Mm-hmm. And taking that time to do something that he's he's interested in, even if it might not be your favorite thing, is giving a, you a window into mm-hmm. his life. Right? right. It's helping him um, maybe guide that passion mm-hmm. um, yeah. or their, their voice or their values um, to helping them discover that. But that's showing love, right? And helping right. them find that worth. When you talked a lot about listening because what your guesses were potentially were wrong, but then asking questions and reminding them of facts. 
mm-hmm. right? And so as we start to get in these phases as parents, we talk too much. Mm. But to stop and to not jump in when you want it, mm-hmm. <laughs> to stop, <laughs> to wait, <laughs> to listen, and then to remind. But all that does is elevate their voice, mm-hmm. not ours. Right. It's all about mobilizing who they are. I mean, because really, if you think about it, three years from the start of 10th grade, yeah, mm-hmm. they are on their way to something next. It might not be school. It might not be out of town. Right. But it's, it's something. Right. And I think this is really the start of that, those building blocks into to launching them into whatever might be next. Yeah, I can definitely see it. I remember with our firstborn, it because we were so close, it hurt that she was pulling away. Mm-hmm. And then more seasoned moms reminded me that this was the plan all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that in order for her to launch eventually, she's going to have to grow more independent. And that helped. That helped mm-hmm. for sure. What a great reminder for parents that are, starting this phase or yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, to not take that personally. personally it's mm-hmm. yeah. They don't yeah. hate you. They don't. And yeah. and and kind of along those same lines, I vividly remember being a 10th grader and thinking that you know, my parents didn't know what they were talking about. And so <laughs> it's easy to go back to that space and say, well, okay. That's probably what they're thinking right now even if they're mm-hmm. not saying it. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny to see, as much as we think life has changed for 10th graders. The more it stays the same. It also hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like always, our show notes are down below with links to the 10th grade phase guide, as well as uh, information about all of the other phases and ways you can continue to grow and learn as you walk with your, your 10th grade student. We also have links down there for ways that you can jump into uh, opportunities with us for kids, student, and adult discipleship here at Gloria Day. So all those links are down below, as always. But Cindy, thanks for sharing a little bit of 10th grade life. and My pleasure. What it's been. It's been awesome. Next week, jump into 11th grade. See you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For more ways that you can stay connected with us at Glory Day, check out gdlc.org. And look for our kids, students, or adult pages. Or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston.